Well, hello, dear listener, and welcome back to the Diaries of June. Another episode, another glimpse into the glamorous, roaring 20s life of my Nana June, told in her own words, and I'm glad you're here to hear them. Before we dive in, I have something special to share. Remember Jack, the devilishly handsome pilot that Nana June was crushing on in her last entry? Well, in one wing of the estate, there are these old photographs hanging in the hallway. Dozens, maybe even hundreds, all in beautiful antique frames. And can you guess who I found while I was wandering around? That's right, a certain gorgeous pilot. I could tell it was him from the name tag on his uniform. Jay Hayes. And let me tell you, he is looking so smooth in that flight suit. Talk about dimples for days. Nana June had great taste. <laughs> they must have been friends, or more than, for him to be framed on her wall, right? <laughs> I can't wait to get to that part of the diary. Let's see. What treasured tale from long ago do I have for you this time? Ah, here we go. Remember in the last episode how I talked about themes? For this entry, our theme is burnout. Something I thought I'd share with you because who hasn't been there? Even Nana June has been there. For her, it was 1910 in London. She was 20 years old, working as a typist for a law firm. You might remember me telling you that I work at a law firm too, and I can totally relate to Nana June here. You know that feeling when you're not passionate about what you're doing with your life? Maybe you're in between where you are and where you want to be. Or maybe you don't know where you want to be at all. It can get to you but not Nana June, never Nana June. Nana June, amazing as she always is, found a way to pick herself up by the bootstraps. And I'm totally stealing her life hack. And you, dear listener, are more than welcome to steal it too. Do you think Nana June ever expected, 100 years later, that her diary would drop this many truth bombs on her great-granddaughter? Or maybe we'll find an entry where she predicts this exact podcasting scenario. <laughs> well, maybe not this exact scenario. Back in her day, I suppose it would have been a radio play like Orson Welles. Let's go back to Nana June's day now. April 14, 1910, London. Dear Diary, you might notice this entry is rather different from the others, typed instead of handwritten. I intend to paste the final product into the pages later. I'm currently typing this on a machine loaned to me by my manager at the firm. To practice, she told me, lest your typing speed suffer in the off hours, any more than it has already. <laughs> I think she underestimates the effects of these many months and 30 weekly hours spent transcribing legal documentation. I can hear the clang of the carriage return in my sleep. And when I close my eyes, I see that dreaded row of home keys ever looming. 
Any more time in front of a typewriter, I'm likely to start typing in my sleep. Yet here I am, typing this now. I find that I'm able to get my thoughts out faster through the keys, as opposed to longhand. I suppose my newfound abilities are one benefit of this temporary turned interminable position at the law firm. I recall writing back in January that I would only take this job as a temporary stepping stone. I have no interest in a career filing correspondence for London's legal elite. Perhaps that's why my typing speed seems to be suffering. My sense of fulfillment certainly is. The other typists at the firm are kind enough, and I've been fortunate to make friends. But I seem to be the outsider when it comes to aspirations. My coworkers spend most of their time between letters applying lipstick, hoping to catch the eye of a young eligible bachelor with a lawyer's salary. Don't you want to meet a nice fellow? One of the girls asked me over lunch one day. That's the only reason I took this position. Frankly, I think that's the only reason any young woman should be employed. Ugh. I didn't want to offend her, so I pretended to agree. Father would approve of me keeping that kind of company, but I maintain my motivation to seek another avenue. Let my colleagues catfight for the affections of our superiors. I intend to make my own way, without a man's money. Nana June, the original feminist. <laughs> how much do you love her? I can't believe how independent and self-assured she is. She was only 20 years old, too. It must have been hard for her to be so different from her peers. But she doesn't let it get to her. You'll see in the next part. Let's read on. Today, blessedly free of a shift at the firm, I found myself taking a walk with no particular destination. There's something about the anonymity of slipping into a sidewalk crowd that always seems to clear my mind. I suppose I'm my mother's daughter in that sense. My walk took me through the historical district, and for a time, I lost myself admiring the architecture. The strength of these buildings, standing for 300 years or more, I spent a moment imagining what it must be like to be an architect, traveling the world, the very face of industrial progress. Of course, I was never the artist in the family. A schoolgirl's level of artistic ability is unlikely to cut it. Still, the idea of traveling the world struck me. Certainly, my present typist career wouldn't open such doors, but there are other avenues. Not as many for women as for men, for certain. Teaching? Nursing? If only I'd taken to gymnastics, then I might have a chance at running away to join the traveling circus. Vigilante detective, battlefield nurse, circus performer. <laughs> Nana June, triple threat. I love her sense of humor. 
It's amazing, isn't it? How far we've come since 1910. Can you imagine being a young woman and having so few approved paths for your life? We have so many more avenues today. It makes me feel so grateful. And like my idea of opening a grilled cheese shop isn't so silly after all. <laughs> One thing Nana June seemed to want more than anything else is a choice in it all. And today, women have that choice. Doesn't that give you such hope? Let's read on. I purchased a cup of tea from a street vendor and walked for a time along the Thames. Spring is nearly upon us, and London's leisure boats have unfurled their sails. I even saw a few brave boys dive into what must still be freezing water, though they came up laughing and splashing, seeming not to care. Their youthful antics reminded me of my sister and I when we were that age. Of course, we were always instructed to wade gracefully into the banks and never to splash. I always preferred swimming at Orchid Island for that very reason. In the privacy of our vacation home, we were allowed to make a proper ruckus, splashing and all. As if my thoughts summoned them, a pair of girls ran out to join the boys at the harbor. One, the older, I think, held a stuffed toy while the younger stomped behind her, shouting with an outstretched hand. I felt a touch of a smile on my lips at the sight. How many times had I chased after Claire, begging her to give me my rabbit back? Perhaps I should use my hard-earned typing abilities to establish a more regular correspondence with my sister. Claire can tell me firsthand what her married days are like though I'm sure she finds daily life with Harry to be sensible and proper. Although she blessed my decision to return to London to find my own path, it was a begrudging blessing, and I would presume she still harbors some worries about my eschewing of tradition. She might very well try to convince me to come back to Orchid Island so she can arrange a meeting with one of Harry's eligible bachelor friends. I might not enjoy my present work, but I enjoy being on my own here in London, answering to no one's idea of propriety other than my own. Though I'd be foolish if I didn't admit to myself that I'm treading water at the moment. Beyond securing the basic necessities of life, I've spent these past few years in London doing little more than patting myself on the back for having come here. Ugh, oh, Nana June gets down with the self-awareness. I love her honesty, don't you? It's hard to admit something like that, even to yourself in your own diary. I know it took me until just this year to admit to myself that I have no idea what I'm doing in San Francisco. But... When you find yourself realizing that something in your life needs to change, what do you do? 
How do you figure out what comes next? Here's where Nana June comes in with some words of wisdom. Let's hear them. After my walk, I drew a lavender bath. And for a time, just soaked in silence, thinking almost nothing at all. I'd neglected to bring a book with me, but that was probably for the best. Sharing a bathroom with seven other women in my dormitory doesn't leave much time to linger. Even my brief bath was interrupted by a finger wave emergency as one of my roommates desperately needed to soak her curls. Which brings me to the present moment, typing this entry in my room, hoping not to disturb my neighbors with the maddening clatter of keys. I thought that organizing my thoughts here might help me to uncover a solution for the problem of what next. But just as my earlier walk, I'm afraid I'm still feeling rather aimless. Sometimes I wish I could ask Mother for her advice. Other times I'm certain any advice she might have provided would land me in more dire straits than those in which I started. Now, this is what I wanted. To be on my own. Accountable for myself and my own decisions. And here you are now, June. So, what next? I should hope not another month of mind-numbing and finger-numbing typing. But to hope is to wish. Nothing but a fancy. In order to exact change in my life, I have to take action. I can't simply sit and wait for something to happen. In hindsight, I was so intent on getting to London, I didn't give enough thought to what I'd do when I got here. And so it's no wonder I found myself at a dull job, working in a position that is looked upon as little more than a preamble to marriage. Well, not anymore. I intend to find what it is that makes me feel alive. It wasn't dressage, much to Mrs. Talbot's chagrin, nor marriage, much to father's. And it's not typing, either. But I won't despair and wish for a path to be made clear. I'll try something new. And if it's not a fit, I'll try something else. There are a dozen and one jobs out there, and I'll try them all if that's what it takes. Because that's the beauty of this independence. I have the time and space to try. As long as I'm trying, I'm making progress. And with that, dear diary, I'll end this entry. Or I really will end up typing in my sleep. Ah, oh, Nana June. You always know what to say. As long as I'm trying, I'm making progress. I resonate with that sentiment so much. I hope it resonates with you too, listener. Oh, I just noticed something. There's some writing on the back of this page. Let's see what it says. 
I quit the typist job and had to return the typewriter. I hoped to keep it and even offered to barter an unworn lipstick in exchange, but my manager was unamused by the offer. I suppose it's back to longhand again. <laughs> Too funny, Nana June. This diary is really such a treasure. When my grandmother told me stories about Nana June, I'd always imagined her as this fierce, fearless woman. And she most certainly is, but there's a delicateness there, too, you know? She went through times when she wasn't sure of herself or what was next. If I can tell you a secret, listener, I don't know what's next for me either. I went along with this lawyer path because it seemed to make sense at the time. But the longer I'm away from San Francisco, the more I realize that place, that job, it's just not me. But like Nana June said, as long as I'm trying, I'm making progress. And the first step to figuring out is to know what you don't want, right? Well, <laughs> I tried being a lawyer. And now I don't know if I want to be that anymore. <laughs> uh, wow. That feels really good to admit. Thank you for letting me share that with you. Seems like I have a lot of soul-searching walks to take around the island now. Maybe next episode I can share with you where I land on what I want out of life. Speaking of the next episode, I think you're really going to enjoy it. The entry I've chosen for it is from 1926, and Nana June takes a trip with her two best friends. And can you guess who one of those friends might be? <laughs> That's right, the dashing pilot himself, Mr. Jack Hayes. I love that we get to see more of him. And I think you'll love Nana June's other best friend, too. But more about Amelia next episode. For now, my June crew, thanks for spending this time with my Nana June today. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. <laughs>